Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So glad you're joining me. Listen, I'm going to hit something hard in this podcast. And if you're an educator in particular, I want you to listen up and see how you can make a difference in this area. It's something that's plaguing our society. It's something that's causing great devastation. And it's something that we can fix in our time. Let me start this way. After that horrible day of September 11, 2001, Not long afterwards, on September 15th, a 49-year-old Sikh gas station owner in Mesa, Arizona, was shot and killed by a man named Frank Rogue. It turned out that Rogue had mistaken this Sikh with his beard and turban for a Muslim, the kind of guys who flew the planes on September 11th. Rogue protested to police, I'm a patriot, I'm an American, I'm an American, I'm a damn American. And so Rogue, who didn't know the difference between Sikhs and Muslims, killed a Sikh gas station attendant. Uh, The next month, three teenagers in Palermo, New York, burned a Sikh temple to the ground because they thought it was named for Osama bin Laden. On October 4th, 2011, a couple months later, about a month later, a man in Texas named Mark Stroman decided he would seek revenge for the horrors of a few weeks before. He used his 44 caliber chrome-plated pistol to murder Vasudev Patel, a Mesquite, Texas convenience store owner. He felt justified in doing that because he knew that this was a man like those who had flown the planes. He was a Middle Eastern guy. Now, Of course, it's immoral and ridiculous to think he could kill a man who was just from the Middle East. But it turned out this man wasn't from the Middle East. He was from India, and he was a Hindu. What's my point? Obviously, these are immoral murders. Obviously, these are vile. Obviously, these people are idiots. And I could talk about the murders and the vengeance and all of that for the rest of my life. What I want to talk about, though, is the simple religious ignorance that these shootings reveal. These idiots couldn't tell the difference between a Muslim and a Sikh. They didn't know the difference between a Muslim and a Hindu. And this kind of ignorance is rife throughout our society, and it's causing us great difficulty. Let me tell you what you already know, and that is that it is possible to go through your entire elementary school and high school career in America and never take a class um, that's a survey of world religions, never understand about other, what other religions believe. In fact, it's possible to go through elementary school, high school, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and a doctorate, even in the liberal arts, and never have taken a comparative religions class, never have been taught the differences of religions between religions. This has had a profound effect upon our foreign policies. This has had a profound effect upon our governments. We now know that a great deal of our problem in dealing with the politics in Vietnam was we didn't understand Buddhism and how it played out politically during that time. Uh, I know a couple of Kurdish men who actually were with President George W. Bush in the Oval Office. Now, you know that I admire George W. Bush. You know that I uh, have written a book about him, The Faith of George W. Bush. I'm not trying to put him down. But at the start of the Gulf War, uh, the wars that we launched into after September 11, 2001, these Kurdish men in advising President Bush became aware of the fact, and this is public record, that he was not clear on the difference between Sunni and Shiite. And by the way, if you're going to invade Iraq and you're not clear on the difference between Sunni and Shiite, you're going to make some major, major mistakes. The country is literally divided between Sunni, Shiite, and Kurd. And we did make those mistakes. And uh, ignorance of that subject did uh, pervert and deform 
our attempts to rebuild that nation after Saddam Hussein. Some of the military chaplains and religious experts within the military begged commanders not to put female soldiers into uh, Shiite areas. They did anyway, and this only radicalized the Shiites, particularly when there was a picture of an American female soldier, her boot on the back of a Shiite mullah, her gun pointed at his head. This obviously was going to radicalize them, and it did, and it's created a great many problems for us. Now, let me just say quickly, I'm all in favor of female soldiers, but if the reverse had been true and it was better not to send males in there for the sake of peacekeeping, I would have said do that as well. So you have to be sensitive to the situations locally if you're trying to rebuild, and we weren't. Why? Because we are basically ignorant of religion. The surveys constantly show that Americans are largely unsure of the, of the tenets of their own religions, much less the religions of other people. They don't know what a Muslim is. They don't know what a Hindu is. They don't know what a Sikh is. And in our, in our world of problems and challenges right now, you got to understand religion. Uh, for example, President Assad of Syria, this tyrant who's caused so much problem there in the Syrian civil war, you know, he's not a Muslim. He's an Alawite. Well, what do they believe? Do you know? Well, we should. If you're trying to work in Iraq, I do, by the way, in working with the Kurds. And of course, our government is constantly trying to bring peace and order to that troubled country. You have to understand the difference between Sunni Muslim and Shiite Muslim. You have to understand uh, where, how the Kurds are different from both in terms of and incorporate both. If you're going to understand recent history, you have to understand that Iran is largely a Shiite country and Iraq is largely a Sunni country. You have to know the differences between those two. You have to know what's going on there. Religion is huge in these matters, huge. And you, by the way, if you're going to understand American politics, you have to understand the various shades of Catholicism, uh, the, the most represented uh, gov- uh, religion in our government circles, in our Supreme Court, uh, in our Congress, uh, is Catholicism. But there are different varieties of Catholicism. There's conservative co- Catholicism and there's Joe Biden Catholicism. You have to understand the influence of these things. People sometimes want to look at the uh, Barack Obama administration as though it was apart from faith. It was one of the most faith-informed administrations in American history. It was just a kind of faith that many Americans are not familiar with. Now we've got Donald Trump, and he's very informed by faith and very influenced by evangelical preachers. What is evangelicalism? How does evangelicalism differ from uh, normal, uh, traditional Christianity? What's the difference? What are the variations on a theme? Why would Donald Trump be drawn to this? And why then would he be talking about following Jesus and being a Christian? And, 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 and why would he uh, be talking about taking on things like the Johnson Amendment and so on, which is all about religious religion and his voice in politics? You hear my point. My point is not to put us down. My point is not to chastise us. My point is to say that we are a society that is religiously ignorant. Uh, we're not living in Europe. We're not living in uh, more mixed cultures where you have a, a, a majority, you can even have a majority uh, or large factions of, of different religions that have to learn about each other. We largely live in isolation. We largely live siloed. And what I'm saying in this podcast is, is that we need to have better education about religions in the schools. Yes, I'm actually advocating for religion in schools. I'm advocating that we treat religion as the force that it is in the world and that we teach it. And by the way, not just as a one-day lecture in a social studies class in the fifth grade, but that we actually require it. Why isn't there, why aren't there comparative religions classes required to get a bachelor's degree uh, in American universities? I can't imagine anything that would be 
be more important. If you're studying literature, if you're trying to, if you're teaching history, if you're trying to help people understand the world, if you have courses in political science, if you have degrees in political science, history, the liberal arts, literature, you have to understand religion. You have to know the Bible in order to, to read Moby Dick, uh, to read Melville. You have to know the King James Bible. I could go on and on and on. What's interesting about what I'm saying here is that the ACLU completely agrees. Even though the ACLU will go after a Bible study um, on, a, on, a univ- on a school campus, a private, uh, let's say a high school campus, or, or go after uh, a Bible even on a teacher's desk, of course, I think most of that's silly. The fact is that on the broader issue of religion in the classroom, of people being taught what they need to know, the ACLU agrees. Listen to this. I'm reading from an actual ACLU uh, statement. It says, the history of religion, comparative religion, and the Bible or other scripture as literature, either as a separate course or within some other existing course, are all permissible public school subjects. It is both permissible and desirable to teach objectively about the role of religion in the history of the United States and other countries. One can teach that the pilgrims came to this country with a particular religious vision, that Catholics and others have been subject to persecution, or that many of those participating in the abolitionist women's suffrage suffrage and civil rights movements had religious motivations. This is from an ACLU document. And so my point is that even the left, even those who would sue a teacher for having a Bible visible on her desk, or at least sue the school district, strongly urge education in religion as an academic subject. Now, I'm obviously a Christian. I obviously believe my faith is true, just like my Muslim friends believe their faith is true, and my Mormon friends believe their faith is true, etc. But my point is that uh, we can all agree that surveys of religion, for the sake of knowing what's going on in the world, for not be, being perpetually behind, for not being foolish, for not being unwise in policy, for being able to live in a global society and understand what people believe and why it affects their behavior, this is something that has to happen. We're being affected by it constantly. We're being affected by it in our State Department at this moment. It's stunning uh, what's going on. And by the way, I live in D.C. and have a little bit of a reputation um, as a man who can advise and consult on these issues. And I I only admire the people that I'm about to describe. Please don't think I'm putting them down. Um, But I get calls all the time from people fairly highly placed who are saying, can you give me five minutes real quick on what this means? What is an Alawite? What is a Sunni? What is a Shiite? What's the difference? What are the tensions there? What's going on? What's the difference with Filipino Catholicism? What's up with that? How did that develop? That kind of thing. This evangelical thing. Tell me tell me what it is. What's the difference between that and the Catholic Church I've been attending my whole life? People just don't know. And that's okay. It's okay. I'm not putting them down for, for not knowing. But we are increasingly in a global society. We are increasingly uh, in a religiously infused and intensified world. And we need to understand these things. So here's where I'm coming with this. First of all, if you're in a position of influence, if you can shape curriculums, if you are at a university, if you have any say over curriculum at that university, start to advocate for these things. Even the ACLU is on your side. Courses can be developed. They can be requirements. Sections within existing courses can happen. But think about your own existence. Did you ever have 
in your educational history? Did you ever have an educa- a, a comparative religions class? It's not likely. I've asked this questions probably of, of the hundreds, if not thousands of people. I've only had a few yeses. Yeah, there was one teacher in my high school who taught this awesome comparative religions class, and it shaped me ever since. I've been told that by a politician. But that politician was one of maybe a handful of people who answered positively. Most people had nothing like it. If you didn't just get the sense of what a Muslim believed in a, in a history class or a social studies class, you just didn't get it. I'm not talking about teaching faith. I'm not talking about trying to make people Muslims or Christians or Hindus. I'm talking about making sure that people in our society understand the difference in religion, the differences between religions and what's going on. It's become a matter of public health now in a post-September 11th world. Uh, It's becoming a matter of of being able to function in business, uh, in politics, in international affairs. Uh, even the benevolence work that is being done, even with people going and working in social service organizations internationally, they've got to understand the religious mores of those who are near. And so we must fight this battle. If you're in a position of influence, please start to build this. And even if you're just a guy who says, hey, man, I, I, I work down at the office and I don't have any influence in that area, you can begin to learn, first of all, for yourself. Get, get some good surveys about religion. Get, read up on them. It's, I mean, just, just you and Google can get you up to date on most things. Pay attention to the religious side of the news that you're watching. Uh, get a list of the main religions. Um, there are great books on the shelves that are just like the major religions, what do they believe kind of thing, and they compare them. If you want to read, read them from your unique theological perspective, I'm sure your, your, the bookstore of your faith can, can recommend these things. For you Christians, for example, there's an author by the name of Boa, B-O-A, who writes about the major religions and cults and so on and identifies what they believe in very simple terms. And then you can do more reading, but get up to speed, learn what people believe, get to know this stuff. And by the way, even if the schools your kids attend don't urge this, you can urge it. You can make sure that they're learning what they're going to learn. I One of the things I love is when parents uh, let their kids graduate from school and then breathe a little bit, and then they give them actual incentives. Like if you guys will read the following books, or if you'll do the following studies, then we'll go to Disneyland, or we'll do this, or we'll do that, or I'll give you so much money. Have summer reading programs. Don't let the kids' minds go to mush, but give them stuff they can enjoy and read on the beach and, and, and then drill them a little bit. This is becoming essential. I'm not kidding when I say people have been killed overseas and killed in the U.S. for this kind of religious ignorance, and it's inexcusable. Religion is part of understanding the world. It's all part of understanding literature and philosophy and social studies and history and even government. And we've got to stop running from it. I think because there were some significant lawsuits and because we got the impression uh, that because you couldn't put the Ten Commandments on the wall at a public school, you couldn't teach religion, uh, that we backed away too much. Principal school districts, curriculum committees have backed away too much. And it's a crisis in our times. You'd be stunned at how people are scrambling in D.C. to understand the religious issues behind the headlines. So do what you can to battle this and make sure you know it. It can be fun. It can be something a family does as a contest. I used to go on vacations with my kids, and I'd call out questions, and they'd look them up real quick and answer them, and there'd be dollar amounts. Well, we, I still hear almost every time I'm with my daughter about the time she won $90 for getting a question right about the Roman Empire. So 
this, these are things you can do, but let's begin to fight this. And by the way, got a lot of people, a lot of politicians listen to this podcast, a lot of educators. Please help turn this tide. It's critical that we do it. And not only in, in a dramatic, at the dramatic extreme, our lives are in danger because of the lack of it, but also our policies are not wise and we're not as much a unified society because there's great fear. We can fix this and we can do it in our time. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.